This week on FX Guide TV. We look at a nuke breakdown of a fun spot from MPC, Summer Street promo for Channel 4, and look at the new term at fxphd.com. This episode of FX Guide TV is brought to you by SohoNet. SohoNet, the world's expert in connectivity for the entertainment industry. The SohoNet service and unrivaled support provide seamless collaboration on a global scale between studios and facilities, whatever their size, wherever in the world. Hello, I'm Angie Dale and welcome to FX Guide TV. This week, MPC's VFX supervisor, Michael Gregory, walks us through his street summer promo for Channel 4 on Nuke, which is basically a creative interpretation of Google Street View. Welcome to the city of gold, the city I wrote, home to the gritties. Sisters, sisters, this comes from the heart From the little girls in the park To the baby mamas working hard programs on street culture coming soon on 4. Hello everyone, um, my name is Michael Gregory, I'm a compositor and uh, a supervisor at the Moving Picture Company. Um, today I'm going to talk about a, a job that I finished uh, a, a couple of months ago um, and it was a really interesting job because uh, basically the director came in and said uh, you know I, I want it like Google Street View but I want to be able to punch in super tight and uh, it goes so how do I do it? And then, you know, obviously that's a, uh, you, know, you know, to work out what cameras to shoot it on and, uh, and how to get the desired look and effect. So I knew, you know, I had a HDR setup that we used for lighting and, 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 and doing the references. And I knew that I could, with a spherical transform node, I could basically create a lat long and, 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 and project it on a sphere and put a camera move if I had, uh, it, you know, three eight mil um, shots like that. So I'll go through shot one first of all, which is just uh, stills, and I actually shot it on a 5D, um, and that'll kind of explain the method. And then I'll get it to the uh, to the shot three, which is uh, when it's kind of combining the moving camera with the uh, with the stills, um, and kind of the you know the, the massive demand and creating one shot, which is effectively over 70 seconds long. Uh, 
you know, with smooth transition. So I'll, I'll take you through shot one first of all. So, you know, this is this is just a 5D uh, with a with an 8mm camera on. So you're shooting at 120 degree implements so that you get the full street. And so you get something like that basically. So this is looking down the street and then up, that's up the street we're shooting down and that's the, the reverse. So we wanted to populate this with, uh, with lots of actors. So we, had, uh, we, we ran the, um, the talent through it and I was just taking stills and uh, I could then build up lots of plates that were populated with lots of different people. So, you know, this is, this is the original shot and then this is taking, uh, taking various different skies at different exposure settings and, and building it up. So it, I did that for all three, uh, three plates. And then this is the, basically, the, you could call it the bastardized uh, HDR setup, which is uh, putting in the eight mil lens, undistorting it, and doing that for each plate. And then what you get is an image that looks like that. So that's the three, three different plates stitched together. And then when you project that, obviously you can put any camera move you want. So when we come here, that's the image we're feeding in. And then you just get, it's really beautiful. You can just animate the camera wherever you want. And it's, it's perfect it's just a linear move. We didn't want any motion blur on it, so it mimics exactly what you get with Google Street View. So if I, I can just look up here, and once this is all set, then you can just sit there with the director and effectively give him any camera move that, that he wants. So that was you know, really important. Let's put it on there, play it back. So, in effect, you can put on any camera move you want, which is perfect. So that's, you know, that's pretty simple. It's really easy to do, you know, and that worked on shot one. But then I had to work out a way of, of then going in super close. So, you know, that's just a camera move you can put on. So the final camera move for that. Looks something like this. And this is all, you know, flat scans before the DCP. So that's kind of the method that works. So I had to work out, you know, how to get that to work with professional cameras and, and shoot the live action and go in super tight. So if I go to my other setup, so what we have here, this is the, uh, the bit that starts with the BMXer. Now this is basically one whole shot from here. So this made up of all these plates, so that's the first transition. Um, so we decided to shoot on the red camera because I needed, to, uh, I needed the resolution but, and also stick a, uh, the 8mm lens on it. You know, because it's a 16.9 back, you don't get the full spherical image. So I had to kind of adopt my, uh, my setup to, to make it think that it was still getting a, um, the 8mm image, so in effect, that's the same thing, but we're running live action through it. And it's the same process of, uh, because we're running live action, I could then take a frame and paint it in. And because the shot was locked off, 
so the idea was we'd shoot the we'd shoot the live action and then I'd work do, do the eight mil in and out so that I could build the camera moves. So this is the eight mil shot going into it so that I can put the camera in and rotate round and then just running the action through it. Then we can say, right, okay, I like, you know, the director can go, right, I want him in that frame. And I want him in that frame and that guy in that frame. And then I can just take it in and paint, paint a still in. So the next challenge was to work out, you know, how to get in super tight. So I was kind of chatting with the DP and I was like, well, what I really need is I need to be able to, uh, ideally I need a, like an 18 mil that gives me all heads and shoulders and legs on, on one camera and then a super tight 50 or 100 mil on the other one. And he was, uh, he was like, well, why don't we shoot it on a mirror rig? And that, you know, that's perfect because we had an 18 there, 75 mil camera there, and then effectively a plate that I could stitch together and then create a 4K plate that I could, in effect, zoom in between a, an 18 mil lens and a, you know, all the way to a 200 because you can punch in so tight onto red footage. So this is an example of the two plates. So that's the, this is the mirror rig, so obviously shot at the same time. This is 18 mil. And then this was 50 in this instance, but we could change the, the lens for any shot depending on how close you wanted to get in on. So for Miss Dynamite, for example, that was on a 135, because so we knew we had to go, go in so tight. So with those two images, then I can put them together. So what you have is you have, that's the 50 mil comp tom, and then the beauty is, is I can then zoom in and out of the plate however I want to without losing any resolution so so this is my 4k plate you know and I can go it's motion blur but I can go you know super tight like that and if we didn't have this mirror rig then your image would you know it's going to look like that which would just look like a dodgy post effect so having this concept was a uh, was beautiful because then I could effectively put on any camera move going in and out of the transition and then zoom in and out of the talent. So applying my same method with the uh, with the 8mm, so we'd work out our angles and that's effectively shooting down the street and then round at 120 uh, and then I could stitch those plates together like so and now this plate here is made up of the two eight mil plates then with the mirror rig set up there so then when i you know reproject it i can go around put the camera move on and then do my transition into the live action and then come back out again and then i've shot plates coming back out so that i can redo it so each time each camera move is this setup going into live action coming back out again and then going around to this side of the street so it's exactly the same method. So I can just keyframe here.
And that's obviously the edge, but we knew that we weren't going that far round, so we didn't need it. And the beauty of this was, uh, once I basically built the whole edit together, I could then, uh, you know, sitting with the director, I could put on any camera move I wanted, which was great, and we could look at the pace of the whole thing and make it faster and slower. Um, so any transition coming in and out, I could put any camera move on and then punch in and come out again. So it was, you know, a really neat little setup that really had the, the Google Street View effect. So it's exactly the same for each, uh, for each side. So that's, that's the one for me to go in. And then that's a different plate for when I come back out again. So it was really important to keep the continuity of the people walking. So, you know, the bin man on the other shot is at the beginning. And then when we come back out, he's moved round again because it's the same as the live action. So, you know, so it was really important to make sure that everything lined up properly. Otherwise you'd see people in the same point and you think, right, okay, that doesn't really work. So it's exactly, so I've come out of here and then I go back into, uh, and then go into the girl coming out of the laundrette here. And that's exactly the same, you know, mirror rig. So that's the two plates and putting it together. Um, and that's the whole way down for the whole shot, all the way down no cuts just going all the way down and, and that's you know to get that all together you know up resin this 9k plates and to get it out in three weeks you know that's the the most important thing to make this workflow you know adaptable which was once it was all built i could do whatever i wanted basically and uh and then that's it and i'll show you a video of the making of which kind of goes through what i've just talked about and then it's got the video again at the end and maybe with some sound So that's what the director basically came in. We looked down the street and we worked out where we were going to shoot all these people. Um, once I had my method of shooting, I wanted to test it on a red camera so that I wasn't just taking my test that I'd done on a 5D, going straight into you know to the shoot, only having tested it on a you know not on a professional camera. So the other issues we had was it was the weather on the day, you know, it's classic worst day for a shoot where the clouds coming over. So, you, you know, one day you've got, you know, one minute you've got really hot sun, the next minute you're all in shadow. So I had to paint a lot of the, the shadows back in and, and make sure the plates work together. So without shooting on this mirror rig, we'd never be able to punch in super tight. And this, this whole job from the first meeting was, um, you know, it's probably eight weeks from the first meeting I had to, to final delivery. So it was really important to work out how to shoot it really early on and, and get it all working and testing.
Welcome to the city of gold, the city I wrote. Home to the grittiest world. <laughs> programs on street culture coming soon on four a new term has just started at our sister site fxphd so here's a brief rundown of the awesome courses on offer thanks Ange. well as we like to do at the start of each new phd term we give you a preview here at fx guide tv of what's coming up we have about 40 courses on offer this term at least a, a dozen of those new courses and before we get into those new courses, I just want to flag a couple of things. Firstly, how proud we are of the work that's done with PhD and the work that's done by people that have moved on from PhD into insanely cool jobs around the world. And PhD's obviously facilitated them with the training for that. So for example, we have people that used to be in PhD that are now at ILM, DNEG, Weta, uh, Animal Logic, uh, Disney Animation, tons of places all over the world. And we're really proud of the work they're now doing in the industry, feeding back in to the community. I also want to point out the kind of production work that we do, and you'll see this later in the video. We just shoot a lot of stuff here at PhD, so there's original material for you to work with and also to put on a showreel so you can maybe get that dream job. Well, the first of the courses that John and I want to show you this term is a new synthized 3D tracking course, a camera tracking course run by Victor. Victor's very popular inside PhD, and he's showing this term synthized, not just I guess the nuts and bolts, but actually how to pull off that really difficult shot, how to come up with the solutions and approaches that allow you to get past the sort of plug and play attitude. And this is really important because this is the sort of stuff that separates you and allows you to become a really vital member of the team when you can solve problems and go to places and configure the software in ways that allow you to really pull off a killer difficult shot. Now, one of the things we like doing in FX PhD is really listening to input from our members and determining our curriculum. And this next new course really speaks to that. It's a new 200-level Python for the 2D Pipeline course. It's being taught by Michael Morehouse, who previously taught our Python for Compositors course. Now, Michael works at DD, where he's learned a lot of great tricks, as well as routines to do in programming for Python. It's the kind of stuff that can really help you take your facility to the next level. For our next course, I have three words. Nuke Zombie Apocalypse. I'm really excited about this class. So we're gonna create this desolate city and we're gonna use this footage that was shot on SI2Ks with a stereoscopic 3D mirror rig. And we're gonna have lots of opportunity to 
completely remove people that are walking through the shot and cleaning up the ropes that go across the street. In order to convey a completely desolate city, not only are we going to have to remove the people in the shot, but their reflections. We're going to add some smoke and grade this really fun and possibly even put some sort of uh, debris littering the streets all in stereo, all in the challenge of dealing with stereo, but also creating a compelling two-dimensional comp. So in this shot here, we're going to put a character that is going to be assaulting a zombie with a fake prosthetic baseball bat, which we're going to then restore a full CG baseball bat, track it in PF track, render it in Maya, and add it into this stereo shot. And then we're going to use Nuke's new particle system to create digital blood and impact hits. Now this image here is some real uh, practical makeup, but what we're going to do is we're going to take some subtractive processes and try to carve out holes in the head that are impractical with real makeup and do subtractive work. And what we're going to do is we're going to track the eyes and we're going to replace them digitally. So I'm really, really excited to bring the zombie apocalypse to Nuke. So I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing you this term and let's make some zombies. Well, I'm really excited to be host of source for a new motion graphics space course, After Effects 216. Now, it's got After Effects in the name, and we're going to be showing stuff in After Effects. We're also going to be covering other things, including some kind of background fundamentals on camera interviews about the craft and projects. A good example of this is a project done by Nice Shoes in New York called Found. We're going to sit down with creative director Brian Bowman and interview him about the process and find out what was interesting about that. And then he's going to dive into After Effects and actually show you some of the work he did within the application to make the images come to life. Another prof for the term is Frederick Ross, who works at Shiloh out in Los Angeles. And he's going to be breaking down a really cool Nike project, showing you really close-ups on the work that they did to get that spot completed. We're also going to visit the folks at Leviathan here in Chicago, where they've done some really interesting 3D and motion graphics projects. What we're going to focus on with them is live motion graphics. The idea of designing motion graphics on a computer and then ha having them displayed in person, whether it be, say, at a shopping mall or at a cool rock concert. They've done a lot of really interesting stuff. I think it's a unique twist on the kind of stuff that we've covered at FXPHD in the past. I think as an entire group, these various projects that we're going to be covering in this course will serve a nice complement to the more application-specific stuff that we've done in previous terms. One of the courses we provide as standard here at FXPHD is Background Fundamentals. It's a standard course that everybody has access to. And it's a kind of magazine style course and this term we're going to be looking at a bunch of stuff pretty much related to large scale production. So that's asset management, scheduling, a lot of the things to do with large workflows. Now it's not only that because as it's a magazine style show we're going to mix it up, do some stuff with cinematography, some other stuff. But it should be a lot of fun and I've got to say we've done quite a lot of these right now. It's obviously my 22nd term here at FXPHD doing this and it's proven incredibly popular over the years. It also of course includes challenges and review sessions and everything that goes along with that. Well another course that I'm involved in here is the RED workflow or RED grading workflow course that we're doing. And the idea here is to look at how you can set up a really efficient RED workflow for shooting with say the Epic camera or even the RED one 
But we're not going to do it as an effects workflow per se. We will cover some of that. But what we thought we'd do is see how you could take it through and grade material. So we're going to have a, a bunch of different shoots, a lot of different material, and we're going to look at how you can set that up. It's going to be fairly technical in terms of colour spaces, colour science and how it works through and all the various options with all the kit that's now currently available because this is a, a very much a changing landscape and getting this right can make a huge difference in terms of your productivity. But while this is a very technical course, we actually have other courses here at PhD that are far more focused on the art or the craft of grading. Why don't you give people an idea of kind of your philosophy behind the course? All right, um, I'm hoping we get a chance to really dive into making some beautiful pictures together, to really play with some stuff and really talk about color correction as a craft, mm -hmm. as a career, not just something where you kind of are trying to make something look better for the sake of making it look better, but really digging in and finding you know, some history, some history of the process, why we call things certain things and what uh, photochemical processes had an influence on, the, on, on color correction and what certain terms mean. And thanks to your time in the industry and the, your presence on news groups, you've met a lot of great people that you're going to get involved as well. Yeah, I've got uh, a number of friends that we're going to ask to be involved. We should be able to bring some friends in that'll talk about their specific part of the process, how they approach images, but also um, you know, some very different processes than what I do. I've been a commercial colorist all these years, so we'll talk about features, we'll talk about episodic work, we'll talk about um, you know, maybe even just imagery you don't have any control over that just shows up on your desk. Somebody wants it to look beautiful, but you have absolutely no control over how it got to you. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about how to approach that too. We're really looking forward to it. And on top of that, we're actually going to have one class which is based upon sending out footage to you, submitting it, and having Craig and maybe someone else uh, kind of tag team on a really nice critique of it. I think it's really a great opportunity to help you make better images. And we're looking forward to the trial. Me too. Thanks. Should be great. We have a character animation course this term by Kai Peterson. Now this is a 101 character animation course where Kai is going to go through and show you not only what makes a good rig and how to manipulate and work your way around a character rig, but actually start on paper and look at what does it take to get a good performance, like what does it take to get the character to emote and have real actor kind of performances, and then follow it through into the digital stuff. He'll be using Cinema 4D, but also touching on stuff that's relevant to all the major 3D packages. So it's pretty much a sort of a neutral uh, kind of course in the sense that the character animation skills, I think, would be relevant to anyone doing 3D animation or 3D character work. And there's lots of really good stuff here to be considered, not just how to sort of roughly block stuff out, but that kind of polishing and fine-tuning to get you right through to a great end piece of character animation. One of the great things about FX PhD is the selection of VPN software we have for members. Basically what that means is you download the software to your local computer, you connect to ours, and then you get a license from our license server, basically allowing you to run full versions of the software on your local computer without having to buy them. We have things like Nuke, we've got Maya, uh, Cinema 4D, PF Track, many more, including Smoke on Mac. And speaking of Smoke on Mac, really stoked to have Brian Mulligan back this term teaching a new 200-level intermediate course. Now, my background is kind of finishing spots on the flame and smoke, people bringing finished products to us, putting them together, all the bells and whistles, and getting them done. What Brian does, a whole lot of creative editing and graphics at station WTHR in Indianapolis. Let's go ahead and hear more from him what he's got planned for the term. Now, Smoke 207 is going to show you some of the ways in which I use smoke at a broadcast station doing commercials and promos. In this class, we'll explore the power of the timeline using containers, soft effects, and multiple layers. When you're working with action, 
there are some things you need to know in how to best approach creating the elements for compositing. We'll push action with all the lighting features, shadows, and using source nodes to create effects. We'll explore how to make the most out of history in building looks and effects for versioning. And the modular keyer in action can be exploited as a node-based pre-compositor. It's extremely powerful for creating on the fly. As a broadcast editor who has to come up with a lot of looks and styles and some graphic design on the fly for projects, Smoke is great with its deep tool set, and it's fast when I have to have a spot on the air by 5 o'clock. So if you want to check out how good Smoke is at creative editorial as well as effects work, I hope you check out Smoke 207 here at FXPHD. We've obviously got a lot of great new courses at FXPHD this term, but I want to highlight three repeats. The first is After Effects 215, Project Arbiter, taught by Mark Christensen, basically doing visual effects for an independent film. People who took this course when it ran previously in April really loved it, and I'm sure this will be no exception. We also have two other courses that kind of tag team with one another that ran in the July term. We have a 300-level Nuke Project Masterclass, The Machine, taught by Russell Dodson. It's basically a concept that he came up with himself, went out and shot, and did scenes and uh, composites for the course. And in conjunction with that, we have an intermediate-level Maya course taught by Robert Harrington covering creating and rendering elements for those scenes. They're really the type of courses that we like here at FXPHD, in addition to some of the more basic application type ones, where we actually work through scenes, cover projects, and really learn the software in depth. That's right, John. As you just saw from that montage, we do shoot tons of stuff, as I said, at the top of the, of the spot here. And one of the courses this term that's also project-based is Mark Bowie's Motion Graphic Design course. Now, this is a 200-level course, and it's 
around a thing they call uh, integration. And this idea is to get a character and kind of integrate them into some existing footage in the sense that you would do in a promo. So you might have a character, as in Mark's case, he's got a character that's zapping on his remote control, zapping through a whole bunch of different sort of BBC footage for a promo Mark did for uh, the BBC channel. And so in this, you'll get to see how to not only shoot the stuff, but of course, light it, integrate it, composite it, and sort of finish the piece off. And this is a really fun and actually very popular way of doing promos right now. And we have another new course, which is our new Maya introductory course. So this is a 100 level course. I say it's new, actually, we've run this course before, but this is new for the new version of Maya. And this is a whole project. Matt Leonard's running it, and he, he tends to be great at doing this because he's going to take everything through modeling, lighting, shading, uh, of course, setting stuff up, texturing, and then rendering, but also a new composite on it. And he's doing it on a project called the Robot Surf Shack, which is kind of fun. And you'll get to take a whole shot all the way through, which is great for people that are new to Maya because it's a, it's a complete picture. And of course, Matt's very, very good at 3D animation, but also teaches some nuke stuff for us. So he's a perfect guy to give an overview on an entire project. Well, that's it for our O-Week video. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please contribute in the forums. I'm Mike Seymour. On behalf of John Montgomery and myself, hope you enjoy the term. And finally, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash fxguidenews. Well, that's all we've got time for today. So until next time, see ya. For more industry news, in-depth features, podcasts and forums, check out fxguide.com. And for visual effects training, check out fxphd.com.